0: Brought to you by Fruitnet Media, this is Fruitbox. Hello, welcome to Fruitbox, Fruitnet series of conversations about the fresh fruit and vegetable business with me, Chris White. Every week I talk down the line from here in London with people from across the world of fresh produce about some of the biggest issues they face today. I want these 15-minute conversations, which we now broadcast once a week every Thursday to give you the best insight into how to do better business in fresh fruits and vegetables. Now, today on Fruitbox, I want to talk about Brexit. Britain has already left the European Union, of course, and now London and Brussels are locked in negotiations to agree how we will trade together from the 1st of January 2021, little more than a month away. Now, if you read today's newspapers, it seems that the chances of the deal, uh, uh, a deal between the EU and the UK, are are really very small, uh, if at all. And the likelihood, in fact, of a no deal seems very, very high. And what impact will this no deal have on suppliers to the UK? After all, the UK is a, a market that relies heavily on imports of fresh fruits and vegetables from the European Union. To talk to me about some of the implications of a no-deal Brexit and and a Brexit in total, I'm delighted to be joined uh, today on Fruitbox by Mark Everard, the commercial director of BFV, a cooperative of some 1,200 apple and pear growers, uh, which makes them, I think, Belgium's, Belgium's largest leading marketer of fresh fruit. Mark, hello, welcome to Fruitbox.
1: Um, good day, Chris. Um, good uh, to talk to you, although not in person, but uh, this is the best we can get at the moment. I think,
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Down down the line again. Now, Mark, Belgium is one of the world's largest growers of, of conference pairs, a fantastic pair. And the UK is a major market for your pairs because conference is a pair that we like over here. So so what happens if there is a no deal scenario? What happens? As we sit today, it looks like that's what's going to happen, doesn't it?
1: Um, well, uh, the chances uh, are that uh, this is something we will be heading for um, rather uh, sooner than later. Now, the the thing is, uh, here at uh, BFE, we uh, are being faced with uh, with challenges uh, all the time, uh, and uh, Brexit might be uh, one of them. Uh, to keep in mind, however, that uh, even uh, no deal uh, for breakfast will still be a deal, no matter how you look at it. And uh, there are already some some fixed uh, import uh, duties uh, put in place. So this is some certainty uh, we have ahead of us already. And uh, that's, that's one part of the challenge. Uh, Obviously, now the UK is an important market uh, for us in Belgium for our pear exports. So last year, we exported uh, around 28 million kilograms of pears. So that obviously is important. And uh, any change in the the flow of goods from, uh, from Belgium to the UK will definitely have an effect.
0: And, and uh, I mean, you know, it, it's also it also happens to be true that Belgian conference is also very good. It's not that I look them out on the shelves because I know you and I like you. I also happen to like the pears that you produce um, and a market uh, where I live in, in the UK of more than 66 million people right on your doorstep is hugely important for you, as you've as you've said. So what I understand is that you'll just have to find your way around all of these issues. Is that is that is that the way it's going to work?
1: Uh, I don't know if we have to find our way around it. Uh, I I think probably uh, the the market will will still be there, Um, might be um, slightly more uh, complicated or there will be slightly more hassle. uh, to, to reach the market uh, definitely challenges are there so we mentioned the tariffs that's one thing uh on the other hand uh, there might be the additional hurdle of uh, of facing uh, possible congestion uh at uh, at entry points uh, in the uk market uh, which will not have any effect on the the shelf life of the fruit uh, so i don't have any worries there but uh, it might interrupt uh, the the flow and the logistics uh, chain and uh, you know that in the situation where we find ourselves in today uh, we can uh, easily um, deliver one day uh, to the next and yeah be there just in time so that uh, mm-hmm. all DCs uh, in the inner cities in, the, in in the UK but also uh, out and and uh, about uh, are uh, are able to to handle the supply. and uh, now if we would be facing some congestion that would interrupt the whole flow, like uh, the the opening of coal store rooms, uh, the packing uh, interruption of uh, promotional programs uh, and what have you more.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, you've um, at the same time, uh, you've been a very forward thinking um, person in in thinking about new markets and developing new markets such as India and China and Brazil and, and Mexico. And I'd like to talk about those markets in a moment, but I just want to, to turn to turn kind of closer to home uh, before we leave Europe, because I imagine that with all these issues in the UK, you must have plans to move more of your fruit to other markets in Europe this season that aren't the UK because of the uncertainty of your trading relationship with the UK is that, is that true and and what kind of consequences does that have for the returns to your 1200 growers
1: the thing is chris that uh, from the, uh, the st- at the start of the uh, noughties, we already uh were aware of the fact at uh, at BFE that we didn't want to depend too much on, on uh, one large market as a whole and at that time we had the, the Russian market um, yeah. in mind and so we started working out different scenarios on uh, targeting other markets and, and some of their markets were overseas and, and far away and uh, might have looked even uh, utopian. Uh, but um, simultaneously, we uh, we also targeted uh, markets closer to home. So like uh, Spain, for instance, which is also a big conference pair producer, we uh, uh, on a yearly basis, we, we sold there be fee that is like uh, 15 million kilograms of conference pairs, but also we have developed uh, together with our uh, Dutch colleagues uh, marketing programs in the German market and German market is uh, also market uh, very close by uh, yeah, with a very uh, relatively high uh, population and. Um, this this initiative we 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 took together uh, has been paying off so it means that uh, let's let's go back 10 years and we hardly sold 1 kilogram of conference pear in the German market really? and uh, now we uh, uh, sell on a yearly basis roughly around 17 million kilograms of pears there so
0: but what i'm getting at perhaps is that do you imagine or are you scheduling now to try and look we need to sell more in Spain, in Germany, uh, in other markets in Europe because of these particular bottlenecks we might face in the, in the UK. You've got, you said you, you sell 28 million kilograms there last year. I imagine you're sitting there thinking today, will we sell 28 millic- million kilograms there this year? Do we have to sell them in other markets instead?
1: It, it might be even more, uh, Chris. The thing is, uh, we and, and our partners, uh, uh, partner growers here in Belgium, also service providers, uh, we uh, we tend not to neglect uh, the UK market and uh, to uh, abandon the the, uh, the UK consumer as such. And we assume, uh, hopefully rightly so, that uh, people will still uh, um, continue eating uh, fruit and hopefully also come from spare. Um, so we are not quite as uh, as uh, as desperate uh, as to <laughs> think that it would all be gloom and doom, but but uh, but definitely, uh, I don't think you have to uh, move countries in order to still be able to eat Belgian conference pears. That's a relief,
0: because I, as I said, uh, I I like pears. I eat a lot of them, and uh, I'm pleased to hear that you're going to still um, be marketing lots of pears here, and I hope it. Uh, is as easy as, as it always has been. I suspect it might not be. But anyway, I, I mentioned a moment ago your interest in China and India, and I know that goes back a long way because we I remember you exhibiting your pears, in fact, at our Asia Fruit Congress in Beijing back in, I think it was 2006. You probably know the date better than I do. And then you were one of the first with us into India a few years later. We've been doing a conference there for many years. And I know India is an important market, but it's not just about pears, of course. You've developed apples such as the Jolly Red, Specifically, with those markets in mind, China and India are really very important uh, for you, aren't they? They um, they're big areas of big growth opportunity for you. Uh,
1: they are definitely very important, um, and um, it's. Uh, but these are also quite different markets, mm. and uh, we have uh, a market as as China where uh, we. Uh, almost uh, solely sell sell conference pairs, uh, pairs in general uh, whereas in the indian market our main uh, product uh, to market is uh, is apples is, is apples yeah and uh, these markets uh, they uh, okay of course the indian consumer was already for a while uh, familiar with uh, the apple as 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 fruit so Absolutely. we didn't have to uh, convince them and to familiarize them with a completely new fruit item. So the situation was completely different in, in China, whereas the Western style pair as such wasn't that uh, wasn't that uh, well known or known at all. So we really had to uh, uh, start a huge marketing campaign there to educate the consumers. And uh, this has been paying off as well. So we have uh, been gradually uh, augmenting our sales uh, year after year and um, which is a good thing but of course markets like India and China they are not going to replace uh, other markets so we Mm -hmm. will need uh, all of those markets and also the the scene as such is is constantly changing Uh, Mm. it's not uh, only the uh, from a geopolitical point of view, but also uh, from uh, the farmer's point of view. as We see oh. that uh, climate is changing. There are definitely challenges there. Uh, we see our portfolio as such also being adjusted um, according to the needs of the farmers, but also to the demand uh, closer to home and, and worldwide for mm. specific varieties and mm. uh, Now, for instance, we are we are growing three times as much, uh, almost four times as much pears, conference pears, as we did twenty years ago. But our acreage in in apples is is diminishing.
0: Um, Now, you 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 were always uh, uh, packing your bags to go to China and India, and I I know you've been packing your bags uh, in more recent years to to go to Latin America, where Brazil and Mexico have been two obvious successes um, so far. Tell me about Latin America and. And do you see again good opportunities, good growth opportunities for um, for your uh, fruit in in those markets? Uh,
1: since a few years, we have been uh, exporting to uh, to South America, to to Brazil, uh, and the uh, the way the market is developing looks promising. Mm-hmm. Although there definitely are challenges, uh, I think the economical situation is not ideal. Mm-hmm. Uh, exchange rates uh, may not be too favorable as well mm-hmm. and and also the yeah the the covid situation and, and current uh, travel restrictions are uh, interfering with our efforts to to further develop those existing markets mm-hmm. But also, uh, they they prevent us to from moving uh, and uh, or, or making uh, serious uh, inroads into new markets like like uh, the Mexican market or like uh, Colombia, for instance. And mm-hmm. so we really need to be uh, on the ground uh, to meet people, to uh, yeah, mm-hmm. to uh, to inform them, to educate them. And yeah. but the possibilities are, are definitely uh, there. But also close to home, we see. Uh, we definitely see uh, see possibilities, but also challenges. And um, we have been talking with uh, Brexit uh, in mind, but also closer to home. We uh, we are also, uh, we have been developed a bigger market share in the German market, but mm-hmm. France is also a EU member state. And, and there we see that the the importance uh, retailers are giving to the regionality of the product or the produce uh, are also um, some some uh, serious hurdles for us to take. Uh, Mm -hmm. And uh, there are no import duties there, uh, no tariffs, uh, but still the market is also partly sealed off there. So I think there are definitely possibilities uh, there closer to home.
0: Mm Um, now as a fruit marketer, you'll know that the, as it were, the shortest supply chains, uh, Germany, France, uh, the UK, uh, Spain and so on and so forth are always kind of the most secure because they're easy to get to They're, you know, within a short distance. And it's often the longer supply chains, um, with more risk, uh, like China and India and Brazil and so on. But those, those longer ones are perhaps where you stand to make the biggest gains because there's, almost kind of less competition from others who are trying to access that market. Do these difficulties that you're having with the UK, just from a kind of strategic uh, logistical point of view, um, that it's not as easy as it was. uh, um, Do they force you even kind of as a businessman to think, right, we need to look even further afield. Um, and, And how do you manage that when you think, right, the further I go afield, the more risk, I take, especially when you're you're there having to talk to growers uh, and you talk to growers a lot. You are with some of your growers this morning. Um, what 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 is their attitude to this? How do they see it?
1: Probably in an ideal world, Chris, uh, what a grower uh, would be aiming for is uh, like uh, you have an orchard, you have the apples uh, and pears are growing there. You have the uh, occasional or more than occasional uh, passers by or people cycling by. They pick the apples and the pears themselves. They throw a few euros uh, in the basket and yeah, and Bob's your uncle. So everything would be happy there. So the, the thing is, um, the more fruit you grow, um, yeah, the further field you have to go to to find the market. It's uh, either... Uh, your existing customers uh, or clients eating more fruit or you find new clients and uh, they support this. Uh, Of course, I mean, um, there's always um, the fact that you have to... uh, to, uh, to prove that there will be a market and uh, growers might be skeptical at, at, at the start. Uh, they were skeptical uh, at the start when f- we first started exporting fruit to the UK. They were skeptical again when we first started exporting or uh, looking for opportunities in the Russian market. And they were so again uh, when we targeted the, the Chinese market. Mm. But uh, the results are there. Um, of course, the additional um, there might be an added value uh, might be a higher return, but also they, uh, uh, there's additional effort that has to be uh, put into achieving those results. Uh, it's not just the marketing efforts and results but also the packing, the selection of the fruit. So you really need the, the best fruit available um, in order to uh, to uh, be able to. Um, to travel um, all across the globe and and still be able to uh, to be sold there so th- this is all something which uh, has to find the right balance uh, at the end of the day and uh, so far we are succeeding uh, in this uh, but we mustn't forget that all markets are slightly different if we go to uh, to uh, to a Chinese market, then the conference pair might be more like a niche product uh, compared to 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 bananas, for instance. But this is definitely not the case in India with apples. Uh, uh, India is a is an um, is an international target for all apple growers. Uh, the the local ones uh, the domestic ones obviously but also from the nearby neighbors whether they are from iran turkey uh, china and then traditionally also from from the us so there are definitely opportunities there but it's a different type of market and uh, we have to uh, take uh every market the way it presents itself and and see where we can best create the added value. And then we have to take into account also the the local uh, production in Europe, for instance, and there's definitely a a difference when one year we have uh, 10 billion kilograms of apples to market and the next year it's 15 billion kilograms of apples. Mm
0: Well, if, if they're in, a, in, a, in a world where everything seems to change all the time, I think there are perhaps two things that are going to be consistent. And one is that a grower will always remain sceptical. And the second one is that Mark Everard will always be packing his bags to golf and try and sell something in one part of the world or other in future. And I look forward to that time when we can uh, you can do that and we can all do that again. Mark, that's all we've got time for today on Fruitbox. I was joined down the line by Mark Everard, Commercial Director of BFV in Belgium. Mark, thanks so much for coming on Fruitbox.
1: Thanks for having me, Chris. All the best. See you soon.
0: Now, you can find today's conversation with Mark and the many others I'm having here at Fruitbox on our website, fruitnet.com. And as we've just discussed, the future trading arrangements between the EU and the UK are still very much up in the air. And I plan to discuss them in next week's episode two with a leading importer here in the UK. We'll be taking a short break over Christmas, but I'm then preparing my schedule for the new year. So if you've got an interesting idea for a future edition of Fruitbox, then please do drop me a line. You can email me at chris at That was Fruitbox, and this is Chris White. Thank you for listening. Until the next time, goodbye. To sponsor a future episode, please email advertising at fruitnet.com. All the latest fresh produce industry news at fruitnet.com.